Hey, Church Home. My name is Elijah Waters. I'm so excited to get these moments with you to share a message that's been on my heart, and I think it's going to encourage you, and it's going to increase your faith and strengthen you and let you know how much Jesus truly loves you. Wherever you're watching from all over the world, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. And uh, if we haven't met before, I've been on staff for about 13 years with the church, been married 20 years, have four kids. Miraculously, my wife and all four children are out of the house for these brief moments that we have of, uh, of some, some silence in my life. So I hope you are able to find comfort, whether you're watching at home or you're in your car or wherever you are, uh, that right now in these moments, God's with us and he's going to speak to us. Um, I'm excited today to share a message with you that I'm going to title Jesus on winning. Recently, Pastor John, one of other pastors, shared a message about Jesus on losing. It was amazing how we find ourselves, find ourselves by losing ourselves. And, um, I want to talk about Jesus on winning. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 16 in the new Testament and read in verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I want to talk today on the subject, Jesus on winning. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for these moments we have together. Lord, I pray that you would speak to all of us around the world for everyone that's listening. And God, that we would experience your great and amazing and unfailing love and peace and joy in these moments we have. In Jesus' name, amen. When I think about winning, I definitely don't think about this year, 2020. I think we can all say that 2020 and the word winning don't really go in the same sense. I know at the beginning of the year, we were pumped. 2020, you're a vision, you're a victory, you're a clarity, you're of all these different things. And uh, of course, we never would have expected all that's happened this year, all the challenges we faced, all the unforeseen circumstances from multiple pandemics, staying at home, being stuck, shelter in place, to natural disasters that are happening tragically around the world, to the fight for racial justice and equity and the civil rights movement that's happening right now in our country and the fight that we are all in globally for racial equity. All these things we could have never imagined that they would have happened this year, but here we are in 2020, and the reality is that as much as all these things were a surprise to you and me, they weren't a surprise to God. They weren't a surprise to Jesus. Jesus is still the King of Kings. 
and the Lord of Lords. He's still seated on the throne. He's still the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. You can't vote him in office. You can't vote him out of office. Jesus is forever and eternal. And God in eternity looks down and sees everything all at the same time. God is outside of time. And it's hard to even process that in our minds. But he is an omniscient, omnipotent, all-knowing God that isn't surprised. At the beginning of 2020, when COVID-19 happened and broke out across the globe, God was not up in heaven looking down saying, oh, myself, I did not see this happening. Oh, 2020. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. What? Oh, myself. What am I going to do? God did not get stressed out. He was not shocked or surprised by anything that's happened this year, as much as a surprise to all of us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a story in Matthew chapter 14 about the disciples in a boat and they're out in the middle of the night in the midst of a storm. And it says the wind and the waves pick up and they start to get stressed out and fearful and they think they're going to sink. They think they're going to die. And in the midst of the storm, Jesus actually comes walking out on the water to where the disciples are. And, 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 and Peter has this moment where he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come walk on the water with you. And Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out of the boat and walks on the water. You've probably heard of this story before. But what's amazing to me about this story is it shows us that in the midst of a storm, in the midst of this challenge that the disciples are facing, Jesus shows up on the scene, which is to say that Jesus, he didn't create the storm, but he's in the storm with us. He's in the storm with us. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, you need to know that Jesus is in your storm. Jesus is in your trial. He's in your challenge. He's in your circumstance that you're facing. You are not in this thing alone. You might feel alone. You might feel abandoned. You might feel left out, but Jesus is with you in your storm the same way he came out on that water that night when the disciples thought they were going to die and all by themselves, Jesus showed up in the midst of the storm. And not only that, but Jesus called Peter to get out of the boat and walk on the water. What I love about that moment is what Jesus didn't do is he didn't hush the waves and the wind. He didn't command the sun to come out and the birds to start chirping and the water to become like glass and then say, okay, Peter, now that everything's calmed down, now get out of the boat and walk on this calm, still water. He didn't do that. Jesus called Peter out of the boat while the storm was still raging and the waves and the wind were contrary. That is to say that even in the midst of difficult things in our lives, and sometimes we're praying, I know I pray it too, like God, make this stop, make this stop. Sometimes it doesn't stop. But realize this, that even if the storm doesn't stop, even if the challenges you're facing continue for more days, more weeks, more months, You've got a savior who's calling you out onto those same waves that he's walking on. These same waves of adversity are under the feet of Jesus, and they're also going to be under your feet. That is to say that Jesus is Lord over the storm, over the circumstances, and he calls us out just like he called Peter out to walk on that water and on those waves. And the moment Peter took his eyes off Jesus, it tells us in Matthew 14 that Peter began to sink. And I love that Jesus didn't in that moment be like, oh, no, we've got a sunk disciple. Well, bye, bye, Peter. Okay, who's next? John, you want to try? You want to give it a shot? 
Uh, James, Andrew, anybody else? No. He reached down and he lifted Peter back up as he was sinking. You might have that sinking feeling. You ever had that sinking feeling before? You ever have that feeling like you're just losing in life? Like you're just struggling in life? Jesus wants to reach out today, wherever you are, and pick you up. The God who walks on these waves of adversity is with you in the person of Jesus. When I think about challenges we face, when I think about the fact that all of what's happening right now in the world, there's a lot of things happening in the natural, but there's also a spiritual battle going on. You can feel it. You can sense it. Spiritually, there's a battle that's taking place. And when I think about spiritual battles, I think about light and darkness, right? God created all of creation, the universe, and his first words were, let there be light, right? The beginning of creation. God speaks light into existence. And when I think about light and darkness, when I think about good versus evil, I think about a story a few years ago when I was speaking at a youth camp, a youth retreat. If you've ever been to one of these, it was out in the woods and I was in a cabin. I was staying in a cabin with several other guys in these bunk beds. And at the end of the night, I noticed there wasn't a window in our cabin. So as soon as the light went out in the particular cabin I was staying in, it was so dark, I couldn't see the hand in front of my face. So I was like, that's okay. I'm not afraid of the dark. That's fine. I'm the guest speaker, we're good. God's with us. Lights go out. Middle of the night, I wake up in my sleeping bag. It's stuffy. It's hot. I feel like I can't breathe. And I start to have like a mild panic attack. I didn't know what was going on. And I'm realizing there's other guys in the room, but I have to get out of this room. And so I get up and I'm feeling around and I cannot find the door. I cannot find the light switch. I cannot find anything. And honestly, my panic and anxiety begin to increase. And all of a sudden I'm like, guys, 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 hello, wake up, hello. <laughs> and finally guys start waking up. They're like, yeah, yeah, Pastor Elijah, yeah. I'm like, where's the light? Where's the light? Where's the light? And the guy closest to the light switch flipped the light on. The funny thing is I was literally standing kind of in the middle room, but I was facing the door and right where the light switch is. It was two steps away from where that light switch was, but I had no idea in darkness where it was. I couldn't see anything. And they're trying to calm me down. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Just, I know I'm, I'm your guest speaker. I, I'm okay, I'm okay. I gotta get outside for a minute. And I remember in that moment thinking how quickly everything changed in the flip of a switch, the flip of a light switch. Why? Because whenever light and darkness are battling, it's never a battle. Light always wins. As soon as light comes on, darkness scatters. Darkness leaves the moment light comes on. Jesus, and one of the titles of Jesus that he gives himself, he says, I'm the light of the world. So when it comes to this battle that's going on right now, we need to know that this Savior that's with us in the midst of our storms, he's the light of the world, that any darkness that's trying to come against you or me right now, we have the light of the world, the one who spoke light into existence to help us and to fight for us. I love in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15 in the Passion Translation, it says, Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. By the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. 
they were his. I love that. It reminds us of the victory that we have in Jesus and what he accomplished at the cross for you and for me. It tells us that he silenced the accuser, that enemy, the accuser, the voice that tries to get in your head. Have you ever messed up before? I know I have. When you mess up, that voice of guilt and shame, guilt that speaks to what you did, shame that speaks to who you are. Guilt says, oh, you failed. Shame says you're a failure. Shame tries to declare your identity and tell you you're something that you're not. It's a powerful voice in our lives. And I love that this passage tells us that he literally stripped all the weapons and all the spiritual authority and the power to accuse us. Because now in Christ, we are declared righteous. We are declared blameless, not because of anything that we've done, but because of what Christ has done for us, the free gift that he offers us. If we just simply say yes to Jesus and put our faith and trust in Jesus, he declares there is therefore now no condemnation anymore, no shame, no guilt, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I know I've, I've messed up. Man, it's hard. This has been a hard season, right? In the last six months, stuck at home. I don't know about you, and maybe this is just a trivial story, but I just, how many of you snack a lot more? working at home. I'm working at home and it's just so easy. My kitchen's right there. Snack drawers right there. And I just find myself snacking and I'm trying to be good and I'm trying to work out more and run. I'm trying to be healthy with my eating and I'll work hard all week. And then all of a sudden I'll just have one moment of weakness. And I feel like I just ruined everything that I've been building up for, right? Literally the other night, literally two nights ago, if I can confess something, having a great day working from home, and we're with the kids and we have a great dinner together. And then one of my kids says, oh my gosh, it would be awesome if we went and got a bunch of donuts. I'm like, well, it's nine o'clock at night. No donut place is going to be open. Little did we know, not, not even two miles from my home, there's a 24-hour donut place. I didn't know this. Lived here for years. Had no idea this existed. Next thing I know, we are in the car as a family. We're going to get donuts. Thought, okay, we get a dozen. The guy at the donut store really liked us. He put six or seven extra donuts. We had almost 20 donuts in this box. We came back. It's almost 10 p.m. at night. What are we doing? It's a Monday night, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't Friday. Like, party, winning. We're winning. We got donuts. No, we are crushing donuts together. And then on top of that, I didn't know that my wife had snuck a few uh, extra treats in the freezer. I love Jesus, but I also love Ben and Jerry, if you know what I'm talking about. I had a moment of weakness and uh, went off the rails. And honestly, about an hour later, I felt bad from the dairy. I felt bad from all. I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't had that much sugar in so long. I feel awful. You know that awful feeling where you're like, I overdid it. What was I thinking? This is awful. This is awful. That awful, shameful feeling. And I know, again, it's just a small little story and analogy. And But we all make mistakes. We all mess up with different things at times. We have that awful feeling of guilt and shame that comes into our life. And you need to know this, that in those moments when the enemy tries to lie to you, tries to tell you you've messed up, God doesn't love you anymore. God's mad at you. No, no, you've messed up. 
You know, the Bible says you're going to know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Well, you need to know this truth that nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not your sin, not your Ben or your Jerry's, not your donut run. Nothing separates you from Christ's love that he has towards you, that he demonstrated at the cross that you and I never deserved. For while we were still sinners, the Bible declares, that's when Christ died for us. While we were still overeating and snacking and stressing out in a season of pandemic, that's when Christ showed his love, how much he loves us, is in our moment of weakness. We couldn't help ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. It's true at the beginning of creation with Adam and Eve, man gave over authority in sin. Man sinned and gave the enemy some authority. But you need to know that Jesus gained back that authority for you and me. What Adam messed up for humans, Jesus made right again and restored authority and restored victory that we have in Jesus, once and for all triumphing over sin at the cross for you and me. I love this passage that we read today in Matthew chapter 16, because it's a moment when Jesus is with his disciples and he says, who do people say that I am? They mention some different prophets, some different names. And then he turns the conversation. He says, well, who do you say that I am? This is a big moment. And Peter steps up and he says, Peter at the time was still, his name was still Simon. He says, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. You didn't get this from the internet. You didn't get this from Wikipedia. You didn't, you didn't Google who is Jesus. You didn't get this from information. You got this from a revelation and experiential knowledge from the heavenly father. And then Jesus says, and now I say to you, Simon, that your name is no longer Simon. This is the moment where this fisherman Simon's name gets changed from Simon to Peter. Peter, which means rock. He says, he says, I'm changing your name now to Peter so you can know who you know who I am. And I'm going to show you who you are. Because you'll never know who you really are until you know who Jesus is. You want to find out who you are, what you're supposed to be doing with your life? who you're becoming, lean more into who Jesus is. Find out who Jesus is. Because just like Simon, the moment he declared, you are Christ, Christ went back to him and said, now your name is going to be Peter. And then I love this next part. He says, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. This, he was not talking about buildings. He was not talking about services. He was not talking about, he was talking about people. That word church in the New Testament Greek Ecclesia, it literally means a called out people. It means people. It means you and me. We are the church. If you've been asking, when are we going to have church again? We are having church. And better than that, you are the church. We are the church together. And Jesus says, I'm building my church and the gates of hell. That is all the power of hell will not prevail against it. You know what that means? Hell loses. The church wins. Jesus is building his church and hell will not win. Hell will not defeat the church. A pandemic will not defeat the church. The crazy things happening right now in politics and culture 
will not bring down the church. The church will not be stopped, ladies and gentlemen. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I love the next verse, verse 19. Jesus says, also, I say to you, Peter, that I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth, and a better translation says, will we'll already be, be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will already have been loosed in heaven. But I love this idea of Peter recognizing who Jesus is, understanding now who he is, and then being given keys. What are keys? Keys represent authority. Keys represent access, right? If I give you a key to my house, you've got a lot of authority now. You can come and go whenever you please and have access to my house. I give you keys to my car. You can, you can go drive my car somewhere. Keys open doors, obviously. Keys give us access to things and represent authority. And as I'm looking at studying this passage of scripture, I realize, wow, our authority is connected to our identity and our identity is connected to Jesus. That's why the enemy's always trying to attack your identity because he knows that when you know who you are in Christ, there's authority that comes with that. We want to talk about Jesus on winning. The church is going to win. And you know how you are going to win as an individual is knowing each and every, being reminded each and every day, not just who you are, but whose you are, that you belong to Jesus and that your authority you have is connected to your identity in Christ. That's why oftentimes our identity, when it gets wrapped up in our success, in our failure, in the things that we do, we become more self-conscious than savior conscious. And all of a sudden we think our identity is all about, oh, I messed up today. So my identity's down here. Oh, I did had a good day. My identity's up here. And we have this roller coaster of who we are. You know what's going to keep us constant? You know what's going to keep us moving forward through the challenges, through the storms of 2020 and whatever life's bringing us? Is to know who we are in Christ and the authority that's given to us. Keys to the kingdom. I love it. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 in the Passion Translation says, now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, speaking to us as well. I've imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Jesus on winning. Yeah, the battle belongs to the Lord. God's in control. He's sovereign. He's a good and gracious God that knows every trouble you're facing right now. But not only that, it's not just about seeing him walk on those waves. It's about him calling you out to walk on those waves, to walk in that authority that he's given you. I think about a, a year ago, a friend of mine, Graham Bunn, here in Los Angeles, he invited me to go with him to a music festival. Uh, it was a little Christian music festival called <coughs> Coachella. Okay, dumb joke. It wasn't a Christian festival, but it was a music festival um, out here in California. And we got there, my friend Graham works uh, with country music artists and his job, he, he does a lot of interviews and is really well connected. All that to say, he got 
these wristbands that um, were gifted to him that got him and I into this festival for free. And that was amazing because this festivals can cost a lot of money. And, um, and so he, he's like, Hey, they ma mailed me these, these wristbands. So we get in free. I'm like, no way. That's awesome. Thank you for inviting me. So we go out to this festival and there's concerts happening all day. And we go in and we watch the first couple shows and there's thousands. I've never been in crowds so big before in my life. Thousands of people that are gathering and, uh, we're watching, you know, with the thousands of people in the crowd and, and for the first couple shows. And then he's like, you know, I wonder if these, I wonder if these wristbands will get us like better seats or, you know, to other places. And for the first half of the day, we're just kind of roaming around with everybody else. And we're like, this is awesome. Cool. that these got us in free. Well, we, we decide to go up towards the stage and, and there's security there. And security looked at us and looked at the particular wristband we had. And they're like, oh, hey, right this way. And we're like, what? Oh, oh, okay. Next thing we knew, we are backstage now and being offered like free food. And we're like, what's going on? And they said, oh, well, as soon as this next concert starts, you, we've got a space for you right up next to the stage where you get to watch from right there in front of the stage. You don't have to be out with the tens of thousands of people in the crowd. We've got a space just for you. And Graham and I look at each other. We're like, oh my gosh, how do we not know this? Here we are thinking these wristbands just got us in for free, which is awesome. We were so grateful. We had no idea that we had access and could go almost anywhere we wanted and now had this new experience of being right up next to the stage. It changed the whole rest of the festival for us, obviously. I say that to say, what good is it to, to have all this authority, but not know that, that we can walk in this, to not know that you're the son or you're the daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that as much as you feel beat up right now in life, as much as the enemy can't get to you because of who's on the inside of you, greater is Jesus on the inside of you than any enemy that's around you. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Come on, I'm clapping now. I'm starting to preach, all right? I'm telling you, more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you, Jesus on the inside of us. It's like having an all-access pass. All-access pass to what? To God. Instant access to God. The moment we call on the name of Jesus. The moment we call on the name of Jesus in prayer. It says in Philippians that at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. Those in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That means there's so much power in the name, the name that's above every other name. And we have access to that name because of the knowledge that we have in Christ. And when we say that name, depression has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Anxiety has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Fear and insecurity has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. And you and I bear that name as followers of Jesus. This is the authority that we have. You want to know Jesus on winning? I think there's too many of us that have a losing mentality. And I know it's hard in years and seasons like this right now. It feels like we're losing, but no, no church. My church that I'm building, Jesus said, will prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail. Jesus gives us authority and wants us to walk in that authority, have access like a VIP badge, access to God at any moment, anytime you call in the name of Jesus. He's already there. He's already there. You have authority in Christ. I want to just conclude
our time together by giving an opportunity for some people to respond. And I want to pray for you wherever you're at, watching from all over the world. I, hear, I hope you hear what I'm, say, what I'm saying when I say that life in Jesus doesn't mean there's not going to be pain. It doesn't mean there's not going to be suffering. It doesn't mean there's not going to be difficulty and challenges. There's challenges. There's difficulty. It just means that we don't have to do that alone. It just means that we have somebody out there in the storm on that water that's going to help us, that's going to pick us up when we feel like we're sinking. And right now, if you're watching, wherever you're at, you've never said yes to Jesus before. I want to give you an opportunity to make the greatest decision of your entire life. Literally the decision to simply trust in what Jesus has done for you. That, that's all you have to do is trust him, the one who's already done it all at the cross to say, yes, Jesus, I believe that you died for me, that you died and took all of my sin, past, present, and future, so I could be a brand new creation in you. If you want to say yes to Jesus right now, on the count of three, and this might seem silly, but wherever you're at right now, whether you're sitting in your car or you're out in a park somewhere, or you're with a church at home somewhere watching, on the count of three, will you just raise your hand and be like, yeah, God, that's me. If you want to say yes to Jesus right now, one, two, three. God, I thank you that you see every hand in this moment, and this moment of faith, and this moment of saying yes to, do, to you, Lord. It's a moment where we receive this free gift of grace, this free gift of forgiveness that you give us, that we can never earn or deserve. God, I thank you that in this moment, Lord, your word says that everyone that is in Christ is a brand new creation. The old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. And God, I thank you for all those who are saying yes to you today, that we have our identity in Jesus today and we have our authority in Jesus today. And God, I also want to pray for every person right now that's going through a difficult challenge, a tragedy, a loss, a loss of a loved one, a loss of employment, a loss of a relationship. Lord, I pray right now for the challenges that people are facing in their physical body. Jesus, you are a healer. We just declare your healing right now in Jesus' name over every sickness and over every disease. God, for everybody that's feeling anxiety, Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. Bring peace that surpasses our understanding. God, for everybody facing depression, God, the joy of the Lord would be their strength today. God, I pray right now for my brothers and sisters around the world. God, for those who are feeling like an outcast, who feel like their lives don't matter, Lord, let them know right now that their life has infinite value to you. Jesus, I pray in this moment that your love and your grace would be so real to everyone that's watching or listening right now. In Jesus' name, amen.